0: Okay, I guess we have begun, we're not waiting two minutes, <laughs> Okay, um, welcome everyone, Parshas Mishpatim. So many uh, beautiful verta just uh, before we begin, I'd like to offer a Shabbat by Dola Baruch Hu, that I was to bring into this world, a baby girl. Happy to zaych to the gadol the toyro the chokol the meis the toivim she zaych to marry the and her husband she married zaych to marry a bas hamikchochol and as Hashem is far above, she's going to everyone here to stand uh, rachas along. They're all very much appreciated. and uh, happy to be able to be here. Though. At the beginning of this week's parsha. So we have the the parsha of the Evid Ivri. And the Torah tells us that if this Evid Ivri decides that he wants to re-up as a slave after his first stint, so then we take him and we put him on the doorpost and they drill a hole into his ear. And Rashi brings down the Gomorrah which is interesting. I don't know of other places and where they might use this expression, but it says that there's a Joshua, Chmedes, uh, I think is Russia. a beautiful Joshua on this pasik and it quotes it, uh, two different Joshuas, but it gives the same title to both of them about okay. why the ear, why the doorpost, and she brings it here. she al hasinai and he wants to go be an eved to someone else, so that ear should be drilled. So uh, Chaira, the picking on the ear is a little bit interesting. The problem is that he didn't hear properly. The problem is, is not is not wasn't it's It doesn't need a hearing aid. It doesn't need a new hole to listen to it. Not that that hole is going to do anything. It, the problem is that he's not he's not following through on why that I don't know, poke hole through his stomach or something. Whatever Aver it is that's causing him to want to stay as a slave to someone else. If it's the chairus that comes with slavery, if it's the Havkheiros if it's, if it's the that comes with slavery, if it's, I don't know what it is. But whatever it is that he wants, his master gives him a good pillow. So then drill a hole in his head. And if his master gives him good food, so drill a hole in his mouth. Yeah, wherever, wherever, wherever it should be. What, what's up is the, the ear. So uli, we can say, just to follow up on what we said last week, we said last week that, we said, by Yishma Yisrael, Yisrael heard, even though Yisrael is the name, after his Megai Rashi brings earth and earth, but we use that name to tell us, as Rebbelef said, that his original listening was for the purpose of knowing, should I be Megai or not? His listening was a listening of Yisrael, and that's why it was able to have the result that it had. If we see that a person hears on him that you're my servants, and yet he's able to enslave himself to someone else, it's not just a problem with his stomach and his head, and his heart and whatever else it is. It means the original listening was to felt, not in its ability to hear, but in the attitude with which he did the listening. It clearly was not a listening of, how am I going to live my life? Let me hear how I'm going to live my life. It was oh, this is interesting. God is talking, but it wasn't listening that it should go in, and therefore we go back to that original listening and say, don't think this is the type of problem that just develops later. There has to be that when a person comes and hears, I shemati that Ruvor when he used to give shiurim or speeches, policy speeches especially, he would speak in a monotone. He would speak non-dramatically. And he said, I want you to listen to the message, not to the way I'm saying it. There are many public speakers, who are they're talking about the speakers with an unbelievable message. But when people come out from their speeches, and he asked them, "What did he say?" They they said it was kishmak, it was gavada, but they cannot pin down what they said because they are so. A story, they remember, because they're so they get so caught up in the way it's being said that they might so lo- lose the message. A person could come to a shir and and, and be listening for. Because they know it's good to go to Shurim, they can be listening because the speaker speaks well, they can be listening for entertainment, they can be listening because he says a good zogany he, and he's sharif and, and there's a line they can say over afterwards. Or you could listen saying, maybe there is something here that is going to make me change the way I do something. And that's the way a person has to listen to every Shir. Nishnar uh, Musashir. Every Shir that person has to listen to is Shir. So then, do I live my life according to this Allaha? If it's a Gemara share, but is there an attitude within this share? Is there, is there, is there an a, 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 a understanding of a concept in Torah that I have to make a part of the way I see the world? Is there a longness that I don't think that way? And I have to change the way my brain thinks about things? Because I see that's not how the Gemara thinks about it. All listening has to be active listening. Listening with buying, Listening where a person is piling on himself while he does it. L'maysa, we see that the Torah has the podo that a person be free to serve Hashem. Lugam. When Hashem said, I want you to be my slaves, that means I want you to be my slaves without any oil on top of you that would interfere with the ability to do what I'm telling you to do. says that that doesn't only mean that a person can't take a master over himself it means that a person has to turn himself into a type of person who is capable of actualizing the Dvar Hashem that when Hashem commands you you have the ability to do what Hashem said and there are four wait for things within a person, not from the outside, but within a person that become his masters, where a person can become enslaved to them, and then he's not free to serve Hashem. He's someone who is not just have one master over him, but he has many masters over him. The first is the habits that a person has. Habit is an extremely powerful thing. Extremely powerful. A person who goes to a restaurant and sits down by a table in the restaurant, the next time he comes, even if there are many tables available, is likely to go back to that table just because he sat there last time because that's where he had to sit. A person who comes in the shul that's not his shul and davens in a certain spot is likely the next time he's there to go back to that spot. Because habit, even from doing it one time, it becomes a force to be reckoned with, and it 's something you have to overcome. Allah has come of a when a person has habits that they do many, many times. it becomes a force that is that is so difficult to overcome shamati i didn 't see it in I saw it just as a, as a you know some of the, some saying over so i can 't mamish speak to it, but that, that a girl came to the Chazin Ish to discuss Shadduchim with him. And she wanted to know about uh, a, certain, a certain boy. She saw something that, you know, she was looking for a real bad tyrant. She saw something that she wasn't sure about. So the Chazin Ish told her, that thing you don't have to worry about. But I want you to check something else. Check if, he, if it looks like he bites his nails. Because if he bites his nails, you should turn down the shidduch, Because it's almost certain that he's going to bite his nails then on Shabbos. And then you're going to be married to someone who's either Machal Shavuot on purpose because he just can't control himself, or uh, at least B'Shoige uh, because he forgot. And why would you want to get yourself into such a matzah? Habit is a terrible thing if the habit's not kashura. And even when it's kashura, it means you're a stickle out of control. A person has to train himself in good habits, but you also have to be able to break habits. And a person has to know that we all have habits which are not positive habits. There's ways we do that, even if they're not aysurim, but they're not, they're not good for us. And when a person has that, you have it, that's an odor. And a, every time you do it, you should go over to the ear post and whack your ear in, to the ear post. Because Hashem said, Avodahim, you're my servants. Not a servant of the habit. The second thing is midas the Midas that a person is born with, some of them are very helpful for Yavad HaZashem, and some are very unhelpful for Yavad HaZashem, but all of them are running the show. And if a person hasn't learned to recognize when it's his Midas that's pushing him to do something, and to be able to stand up to the Midas, by, by the Bali Musa Shvirus Hamidus was a major Zakh. I think I've mentioned it before once. I, I think it's Rav Ayyah Karmel, but I'm not sure. When he came to Rav Dessler at the time, was living in, in England, and he, his father wanted to hire Rav Dessler to, to privately tutor this boy. And he brought him there, and the, the, whatever, they were, discussing, they were discussing if he could do it. So he had, the father asked, Are you available on Tuesdays? And he put his head down for a minute. And then he says, yeah. Okay, what about Wednesday? So he put his head down for a minute. And then he came back with an answer for Wednesday. When he asked him about the price and everything, he put his head down. And this boy's watching this, and he's like, this man is crazy. <laughs> That's what he writes. I thought he was a crazy person. Once he became his Talmud, and he saw what, how, how normal he was, and, and so he asked him, he says, what was Rabbi doing then? So He said he had been macabre at the time, he, he noticed that he had tendency, because he wasn't always the person, to have an answer on the spot. He said, that's not good to be answering on the spot like that. So he's makabal for however long, that he wasn't going to answer before thinking for a minute. And he says, you came in the middle of that kabbalah. The, many of the Bali Musa had a, a minah not to open mail the day that they received it. But uh, a day later. Because there's a amid of impatience. A amid of wanting to get it done. And to be able to control the midah. Many of the Balimussar, matzah fast. They used to eat fish with a lot of bones. White fish, let's say, whatever it was. Because you're forced to eat it very slowly. Because there's a... To eat quickly at the time. And slow yourself down. Get in control of the amidas. There was a... I heard a maizah from her parents, a scary maizah, but I, I believe he said it happened with his sister. He had a chavrusah. I've said the story here once before, but he had a chavruso who wanted to open a yeshiva. And he needed a partner to open the yeshiva. he thought that a certain person, apparently a chosho person, a shiva type, would be good for the job. So he mentioned to her parents, the parents said, please do not take this person as a partner. So I said, why not? He says, many years ago, this, again, a Shiva type went out, on a, took his sister out on a date, a pair of sister. And this is uh, in the days when the, the following type of thing was done. But he took her out to an amusement park. And very quickly into the day, they got separated somehow. And for the next four hours, or five hours, this girl is walking around the park looking for the guy, trying to find him, and she cannot. And she's looking, looking, looking. And eventually she went and she stood by the entrance of the place as the, everyone's leaving. And everyone's leaving, and he's not there. And at the, everyone empties out, and it's just her and the staff locking the doors, closing down all the rides and everything. And eventually they came to the front door to leave, and they see this girl standing there and say, on shoulders, but whoosh, we're locked in the doors. Now amusement parks are not built in the middle of bar park, and the uh, boondock not in good neighborhoods. And the end. Soifa Meisa was that she sort of had to barricade herself into a phone booth as it was being circled by not the savory Hevra, and the police saved her and gave her. a bus gave her a nickel or whatever it was at the time to call home, and her brother had to come pick her up. Good, so. Obviously, they were very disturbed. And they called the Shachim to f- call the guy to find out what happened. So he says, he said, yeah, we got separated. So I, I figured I'll go home. So she said, you brought me. How am I supposed to get home? So he said, I thought you're a big girl. You'll figure it out. <laughs> and then he says, tells the shotkin, by the way, would she go out on a second date? So, what? And she, when the get, I don't want to hear his name again. What going on a second date? So he caught from the vehemence of her uh, non-wanting of a second date that maybe she's upset. So he said, "Oi, I made a mistake. I'm sorry." And sent flowers as an apology because he made a mistake, bad boy. And then he asked for a second date again. So he says, "Hey, he's not a bar home. And B, he has no midas. He says, if such a person, you take him as a partner, it's not going to work out. So Lomay said, the Chavrusah to take him as a partner. And the Chavrusah did all the work talking in the yeshiva. He just brought him in to help give shurim. He says, the guy stole the yeshiva from him. He stole the yeshiva from him. And he eventually made a tremendous machlachis. And because the Chavrusah is a big tzaddik, he just salked himself and he let the guy have the yeshiva and he left. Midas don't go away. Midas don't change. Unless you change them. And midas can take a person who is an otherwise khash of a person. Should be a khash of a person. And can make them do crazy things. The inability to admit that you're wrong. And, 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 and the, 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 all these midas. Achzarius and thoughtlessness. They stay and they're there. And they become an avdus. And a person can't change them. And you have to work to become in control of your midos. The third thing, that's it is So far, habits, midos. Then there's shitas that people have. A mole, a person has a shita. This is the way I do it. And even when the shita is uh, becomes connected, what the roshon Hashem is. And even when the shita becomes self defeating, but it's the guy's shita, and that's the way he does it. And that's the way he does it. And it doesn't matter that that's not the way he should do it. Because that's his sheathah, he becomes a slave to his sheathah. I think I mentioned this story before, but it's it, it so boiled to me. There was a bachar in camp who uh, got into a big fight with his counselor. Eventually, the counselor was uh, terribly, uh, we won't call him OCD, but very close to it when it came to cleanliness. And his bunk always won you know, uh, clean his bunk because he did all the cleaning and he was in there sweeping up and, and, and this guy got upset and he took a whole bag of potato chips crushed into tiny pieces and then shook it out on the counselor's uh, linen. And obviously the counselor completely lost his mind and he couldn't, well, he, you know, the rest of the summer he felt like he had, you know, pieces of, and he probably did, have little pieces of potato chip on him and grease and everything. So the whole thing got very blown out of proportion and in the end, the bocher got sent out of camp. Sent packing, goodbye, go home. So as he was being put into a taxi and they were waiting just to pay the bill or whatever, so I, I went I was his division head. I went to uh, I was not part of the getting blown out proportion. But um, I went to I went to say goodbye to him and I wanted to tell him, Look, you're not a bad person. It's just your thing of refusing to accept the authority of your counselor and uh, and everyone above him is is a problem okay but you're that's I'm a good boy good boy come in he is crying his head off in the car i was so shocked he was like oh, so so i i said so why why are you crying for he says because i love camp and i want to be in camp and i'm being kicked and sent home i said what he said so why don't you just say i'm sorry all they want you to do is say i'm sorry and I remember it. He started rocking back and forth. He's like, because I don't say I'm sorry. Because I don't say I'm sorry. And I lost him. I, it was the end of the conversation. He did it for like two minutes. I eventually just got it. I said, okay, I said, my peace. You're a good boy, whatever. And I left the car. And he's still rocking himself into comfort. I don't say I'm sorry. Now, I'm sure something happened in his life earlier that created that shito. And at the time that he came up with it, it was probably very helpful for him. But At this point in his life, it was not helpful for him, and it was forcing him to do something that he did not want to be doing. But that was his shita. Certainly, the shita of I don't give in. The shita of when I wasn't in the wrong, I will not apologize for things that where I was not the problem. Where someone was, I should apologize. That's a shita. Just say I'm sorry. I don't care whether you were wrong or whether, whether you were right. Did you want this to happen? So you're sorry that it happened. That's it. No, I don't say I'm sorry when I'm not wrong. And people have a shita, and you become a slave to your shita. But Hashem said, you're my slaves. You're not the slaves of your shitas. And if you cannot have shitas that rule your life more than Hashem, and a person can have a shita, and a shita should be a strong if it's a good shita. But it can't be strong than a Kaddish and if the Shida ends up running against the Russian Hashem, the Shida goes out the window. And that's how it has to be. The fourth is Taiva. People have Taivas, and people do Meshugan Zatling because of Taivas. Belsky used to say, over, imagine there would be a person who is a very wealthy, He has a slave, a very, very accomplished slave. And the slave is the CEO of his business. And then tragedy, this very wealthy person is Nifter, and all he leaves over is inheriting his entirety of his estate, is a very young son, a seven-year-old son, who is now the master of this slave. So the slave is getting ready to go out to work, to continue running the company, to bring in the millions for this boy, and the boy says, stop right there! Come here. I want you to play ball with me. And they sit down on the floor and they play roly-poly or whatever it is. You know, have a catch. And there's a neighbor watching, you know, over the fence. And he says, what a shot. Here you have this, this slave who's so capable. And he's in there playing catch. But that's not the end of the sad story. Then the boy is Nifter. But he wrote in his will that everything should go to his very special dog that he had. And now this slave is the slave to a dog. And he stands there the whole day with a little umbrella keeping the dog out of the sun and making sure that the parsley is properly arranged on his dog food. But he says, but then the dog dies. And the son, with a little bit of foresight, understood such a thing could happen. So he left the entirety of the estate to his potato plant that he had grown on the windowsill. And now the slave is a slave in charge of making sure the potato clam grows properly. What a shod that is, Zubalski. But instead what happens, it says, you have the crowning piece of equipment in all of creation, the human mind. And the human mind is sitting there ready to take over the world. And then coming out from a little bag is not a whole potato, a sliced potato. And it says, Eat me. And the whole human mind goes out the window and the hand goes, grabs. and then the bag starts to taunt him and says, Bet you can't eat just one. And he says, No, I can eat just one. So he rolls it up, puts it on the side. Unrolls it. Rolls it back, no, 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 not anymore. Unrolls it. Okay, you might just eat all that. So he says, so your mind is a slave to potato. Or to a stick that you smoke in your mouth. He says, it's a craziness. That was his response when we asked him, smoking mutter also. This was his response. How could a person enslave himself to his titles? And a person asked, we have to become the bylim over our titles. I'm not talking now about being shoyver them lagamri, that a person doesn't have titus but for a person to be in control and not to be that Taiva gets you to do whatever you want and it's something that's very doable. It's that a person has to say, I am a slave to someone else. I already have a boss and I can't do whatever I want. The boss says no. And you think like, no, you can't beat Taiva that way. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No one, in, in, in normal circumstances, struggles with eating milchigs after eating it right away. Although it's a it's a minog. It's not even a rabbanon. Aval because there's the boss. They use the other one. They use habit to overcome it, and that's it. And then the tiger goes out the window. Tayva only becomes an issue when we allow it to be an issue when we open the door and say, yes, I'm willing to talk about it, I'm willing to f- have the fight, then time becomes an issue. And we have to understand that we already have a voice. Lomaisa. How can a person take back control? There's many parts to it. There's a lot of what Ravi Yisrael Salonka calls Chochmas Psychology would play a role here. Life coaching would play a role here. But in the end, those are tahbules, those are methods, those are strategies, but the engine, the power to do it, the power to have a person's neshama override their guf, which is really what we're describing here. Because those four are all products of either the guf or the lower element of the neshama, what we call the, the nefesh, and. A person has to take the seichel and put it over those things. That is only be able to be done through Torah and the specific antidote within Torah is Musr. A person has to learn Torah and connect to Torah. And that's this exparsha. This exparsha, Mishpatim, is right at the beginning because a person has to know that it's through that Asik in the details of Torah. That changes the person and allows them to become someone who, in the long term, can overcome their yetziharis and become the bialim over themselves. Later on this week's parasha, after we get through many of the dinim, so uh, the Torah starts to talk about the Amtaivim a little bit, and Hashem very interestingly ties the Yom Toivim to agricultural uh, accomplishments. And there's the Chag HaKatzir and the Chag HaOsof, and uh, harvesting and reaping and packing it away. And it seems, first of all, it seems uh, just sort of wrong, because that's not what they, each one of the Yom Toivin is a zeicher to a certain event that happened within Glyasov's history. Whether well, that's Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, they all have deep meaning already. Why do you have to tie them to what is lachira, uh, although it happens every year, but a very on-the-spot sort of uh, occurrence, as opposed to its historical significance? And secondly, it seems a little bit downgrading to the Yantif to to pull it down to the level of being something about high alma when we know that yom them are. They, they, they come from the highest places in Shemayim, and they bring down an aura into this world, each one in its own way. Why would you tie it to something as mundane as "Oh, I'm happy because I had a good crowd"? So, um, in Emes Liakov from Yakov Kamenetsky on this the parsha here, it's a of Gimel Pasuk Tazayim, he asked these questions. And he gives a halach that I think is uh, extremely uh, valuable and important. He's marked them, that is the Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua in the Midrash, about when Hashem created the world, where did the materials uh, of things come from? Rabbi Eliezer says that all those things that were made in Shemayim were taken from Shemayim material. And all the things made by Oretz were taken from Eretz material. And Rabbi Yeshua says, no, everything was taken in Hashemah. And the way Rabbi Yaakov explains the Machleikas is that Rabbi Eliezer holds that there's a sort of firm break between ruchnias and Gashmius. Gashmius is the realm of the body, and it's sometimes needed in order to keep the body functioning. But ruchnius is, has to be its own thing. And Rukhniyas and gashmis don't go together. And Rabbi Yeshua holds that no. There's always a blend between ruchnius and gashmis, And that Yiddishkeit is not about separating from gashmis. Yiddishkeit is about being a Kaddish gashmius. And Yiddishkeit means bringing Hashem into the entirety of the world. Into our mitzvahs and into our daily life. And he says that this machloikis we find expressed very sharply in the machloikis, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua, about how a person is supposed to celebrate Yom Toidin. Rabbi Eliezer says, OY KULOI hashem, Either you're supposed to sit and fast on Yom Toidin, and go to shul and learn them down the whole day, oi kuloi l'chev, that's if you fulfill your obligations that you have in Tzvila and in Talmud Torah, but a person should be eating and feasting the entire day the day, and engaging in other things that are pleasurable for them, because it's either, you're supposed to be m'samech, and it either has to be a simcha shel ruchmiyis, or it has to be a simcha shel gashmius, because the two are separate from each other. He also says, that it's possibly also the Dershita in the Machlokas that they had about Torah La HaShemayim. The Gemara says in Baba Metziyah that there was a Machlokas and Rebbe Le'ezer held Allah obviously like himself and Rebbe Yeshua and the Roi held not like him. And Rebbe Le-Yezer says, if it's like me, let the stream go backwards, let the tree be oikr, let the walls of the fall in, and Rebbe Yeshua stopped each one. And then, Rabbi Eliezer said, if the Allah is like me, let a Baskel come out from Shemayim and say the Allah is like me. Which I did. He said, how do you argue on Rabbi Eliezer? The Allah is like him, but And Rabbi Yeshua stood up and he said, ain't mashkikim a We don't listen to no bas-ko. What did Rabbi Eliezer hold? He held mashkikim a Baskel. So Yaakov explains that Rabbi Eliezer held that the Iker, Torah, Ruknius, is Mokim is in Shemayim. It's on loan to us to use for our time here. But it's placed in Shemayim. And therefore, Shemayim has the upper hand in determining how Torah should be. And Rabbi Yeshua helped know that the Torah was given to us to be used in this world, to transform this world into a place of getlafkat, of godliness. And therefore, it's our interpret- interpretation of Torah that has to be primary. And it's our use of Torah within this world that becomes the primary one for us. We could possibly also say that it helps explain the Gemara in Tainus. The Gemara says that one time there was a lack of rain. It's Shem. Those learning the third paragraph will have it. Um, and Rabbi Eliezer got up to Davin and and Davin and Daven. There was no rain. And then Rabbi it got up and he said and it rained right away. And people started to say that Rabbi Akiva is greater than Rabbi Eliezer. And the Baskal came out and said, No, it's not because this one is greater than that one. It's because Rabbi Akiva is Ma'av al and Rabbi Eliezer is not Ma'av al So, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Then he is greater than him, because he's Ma'av al he's not Ma'av al Clearly, the reason why Rabbi Eliezer was not Ma'av al is not because he couldn't be, or he didn't want to be. It's because he held that that's not the proper way to do it. Why would that be? Rebbe Lezir held that the Torah is Bashamayim. Torah is, can't be tampered with. Torah can't be, there's no mock for compromise. There's no mock when something is wrong, to be ma'vra al and say, well, it's true that you were, you went against what, the Kavadah Torah, but... But it's my Torah, which is the way Joshua we make. We pass in, that a Ta'am who is Mechah, Tvoid, is Because the Torah becomes his Torah, like it says in the Hillary. That His own Torah he works in day and night, because once a person may again, it becomes his. That's how we pass him. Rebel wouldn't Paskin that way. Rabbi Ezra would say that the Torah is Hashem's. And if someone's hoi the in the Kovach HaToiro, there can't be a mo claim for the, for the Torah. It It's not the Baal Torah. You're just borrowing it. So how can you be al HaMidosa? Well maybe he wasn't. So Hashem says fine. Then if a Kephi Shura's been, there's not supposed to be rain, and there's not supposed to be rain. And there's no mock claim for handling. Rabbi Akiva went with Rabbi Yeshua's Ma'ar. That a person can be al HaMidosa. That the, you become the Baal Torah Because the Torah was given to us to transform us. And in mm-hmm. Melo, we have a right, a certain right, to be able to be Moichol mm-hmm. al-Kavoyd, and the Mela Hashem says, okay, so then I could be Moichol al-Kavoyd too, and if we're dealing with you, so we deal with a world where there's Hand al-Rahim, and, and you could be Zoyche yeah. terrain. Yaakov also brings down the like what the order that the world was created in. The first sheet that there is that Shemayim came first. Quotes sublim. Second shita is that Oretz came first. And Rav says that he's Nishtoy name on these two shitas. He says they were created as one. At the same time, they were created. And that's the shita Lemaise that we pasken like. We pasken that not only is the world, is the term meant to be used within this world, but that that, that is the difference between Goyim and yidden, Is that by Goyim, there's two spheres. There's Rukhnias. And there's Gashmias. And the psakha is that a guy can a shlomim. We don't accept the shlomim. If he tries, it becomes an ayah. Because the shlomim is that it goes partially to Akkadish Baruchu, and then it becomes an achilas kodshin for the Bible, a holy Eden. And by a guy, that concept doesn't exist. There's pressing, and then there's uh, whatever. What is the Shem? And by us, there's a voice of Hashem, and there's a voice of Hashem through eating, And there's a voice of Hashem through the avening, and there's a voice of Hashem through going to work. I don't remember what brought it up. I had a boy came over to me in, in Shul this week. He asked me, I don't, I don't, again, I don't remember what the, the lead up to it was, but I know my response was to tell him that what it, no, not the only way to serve Hashem is through learning in the Avening. You, it's possible to serve Hashem in everything you do, and it's a siman in shogunar. I said, "Give me the kids of Shogunar. So "When I got it, and I showed him inside." It's one a whole siman in shulchan is that we hold our chachatayim, know Hashem in all your ways, and your achila should be l'shem shemayim, and your shteira should be l'shem shemayim, and your hiluch le avoider should be shemayim, and your sikha should be l'shem shemayim, and your shina should be l'shem shemayim, and kol avodascha should be l'shem shemayim. Because the way we passkin is that the job of a person is to blend the ruchlias and the Gashmiyas. And therefore Hashem says, Avada Pesach is about Yitzis, Mitzrayim, and all the Oiras. And it's also about your crop. And take the simcha that you feel when you harvest your crop, and you're set up for the year, or part of the year, and use that in Avadis Hashem. Let that become a source of closeness to HaKadosh Baruch that's not a downgrading. That's the purpose of life. Is that your Tfua becomes a source of closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yaakov gives another Mahalach, he doesn't give it over there, it's in voracious. he says that we find the Torah uses the, the Tfua as a way of showing HaYisroh what am I trying We say it in and in Shema every day, that if we'll be doing correctly, so Hashem will give us a bumper crop. And he says, "Mamelo, when a person sits down and they harvest a field and they see that it was a good crop that year, it creates a simcha Shalrochnis. They understand when they see that, that this is a sign that Hashem is happy with my havayah's Hashem. And Melod is a tremendous simcha. Of ruchliness that I'm doing my avodas Hashem properly. So when I saw that, I was thinking, "Haim de viyar shmito." The farmer goes out to his field and he sees rotting fruit in the field. That's what he's going to see Pesach time. So what is what's he supposed to say to himself that my avodas Hashem is is rotten? he's, he's a giver, gevori that Sadiq Y Sayyid was willing to give about years Parnasa and with all the scary things that come with that in order to keep the Divine Hashem. So I said Ulai, we can say the, the we've been saying for many weeks already, that the symbolism of Shemitah is that a person looks at an empty field, a field with nothing growing, and he says, That's the and Hashem. And my Simcha comes, <coughs> then I'm doing the Ratzin Hashem, and I'm all, the Ratzin Hashem is no Tvua. And he looks at himself and he says, there are times in my life where it's the Shemitah of my Avoyah Hashem, where I'm producing no Tvua, there's no results, but there's still Ratzin, and if that's what makes Hashem happy, then that's what makes me happy. That's absolutely the to go along the way we've been going recently. But I wanted to say, another know this after that I hold, very important. Can Zayn, that the symbolism during Shemitah, is no symbolism. Taka there's like, like a symbolism that when a person reaps a big crop, so then it's a sign that Hashem is having of it. and on Shemitah, I don't know. I don't know what the Indian is. I don't have to know what the Indian is. I do know that Hashem said, you can't plant anything. And, when we come to the Rats Hashem, we take all the Inyonim and throw them out the window. Because an Indian has nothing when it comes to an actual Halacha. And Amal, this, this sort of council splits into two people. Those, those who say all Inyonim are Sh'tusim, and they're wrong. And then there are those who manage to turn a new religion out of Inyonim. And the most khosh and in the world are Inyonim. There's an of at Church. he writes the... the, the he talks about, uh, the, it's, uh, right, in the first sermon in Shoch it's very chomer uh, about sleeping, about sleeping, uh, oversleeping, sleeping through the morning. Uh, so he says, it's, that's only if a person is up. But if a person is still asleep, so then there's no time. You can't go back to sleep. So he, he brings a raya. He says, the raya is that you don't have to get up. He says that, if a, per- that, it, that it, uh, if a person was, it started raining, and they went into the house to sleep on sukkahs, and that stops raining. There's no Indian to wake, we don't find, in that they have to wake the person up, and move them back into the sukkah. And he says, that, being in the sukkah, sleeping in the sukkah is a halacha. This za'achiba uh, not getting to, to, to alois while still asleep, that's an Indian, And it's not shaykh that an Indian is more calmer than a halacha. It's not possible. Whatever you hold, you're in Yonimite doing right. But a halacha twosite like more, it's mamish to at Kaddish Baruch. And a person has to know, it's one of the other things that a person becomes slave to, is in Yonim. And an Indian's it, And you have to be on them, and try for them, and go for them. Not at the expense of emes halacha. And there's a whole chalech in, shul- in, in, in in the Silsha shul- 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 Mishkol ha- of not getting caught up in your inyonid at the expense of the emissary inyon, the real inyone. As The maister of Shlomazam was once walking in Yerushalayim. And he saw a man, an older man carrying a chair with his son walking next to him. So he turns to his son and he says, Are you talking? How do you let your father carry a chair? He says, I don't hold the air." So Shlomazam got so upset at him. And he says, oh, I, know, I know. He shouldn't say he said that. That's the way I heard it. I don't know if Rosh Hashanah spoke that way. But, he's certainly that's what the guy is. You're being mocked on a, a chashash you have about the Erev. You know that the Erev is but um, this what to rely on. And you're being metu on That's a That's a sir. There's no chashash that what you're doing is wrong, as far as of aim is concerned. That's a vada. He says, you, you become pruned. A person has to know that when it, it comes time, and you don't got to do win the Revizman says over Mysore, at one point he was misupic about leaving the Yeshiva and he had a business opportunity available, and he didn't know what to do. He went to speak it over a palm, they were handling, and eventually the palm was machd, they should do the gorla gorla. And they did the gorla grow, and it came out that something is a that he should go out to work. It was pasha. He says, and then an opportunity arose when the yeshiva to become a rabbi and the psalm said, forget it, you're being a rabbi and that's it. So, foreign, he says, but what's with the girl grow? He says, the girl grow girl we do when we have svekas?" He says, now we don't have svekas." So, I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's not nagaya now. When it's klar what you have to do. So then you'll take the inyanim and the inyanim will figure out is inyanim too. And Hashem will do all the nyanim that He has to do. But we have to know that we have to do what we have to do. No, we have two minutes left in this man, plus we get to go over two minutes. I want to just uh, like to something we said in Pasha's uh, Bollock. I believe Pasha's Balak was the first week of the summer when the shir was smaller, got smaller. And <clears throat> it says over there, it says here that if a person steals a cow or a sheep, so then they have to pay Dalet the hay. So that Dalet is for the sheep, and hay is for the cow. Because I'll say, you see how much Hashem cares, that the, the, the reason why you pay Dalet for a sheep is because the sheep he has to carry on his shoulders to take it out, and someone sees him, and I he doesn't say he's being, being a Ghanif, but it's embarrassing to see him carrying around the sheep with him. So... He only pays for it. Agav, I have a shail on that. B'chairah, it's a Sefer Chassidim and other places that the embarrassment that a person gets from doing an Aver just adds to the Aver. It doesn't take it away. If you're willing to do the Aver with embarrassment, it makes the Aver worse. At least you should use that to stop you from the aver. No, But, <clears throat> the guy did it. He took the sheep, he put it on his shoulders and he went out in public with it. If he doesn't care about his own embarrassment, the Torah has to come and be and care for him? If you're not <laughs> khosal at so we have to be khosal on you? And the Ted says, Yeah. The Torah is more sensitive and is telling us we have to be more sensitive than someone else is. To their own cover, we have to be too. Because a mullah person is caught up to their slave, their midas to their shaita's, to their taivas, their habits, and they do things which are not with because they, they, they're forced to. But we're not in the throes of the taiva. And we can be more sensitive. And we find that by Bilam says that the donkey, at the end of the story, Hashem killed the donkey. So he said, people shouldn't walk around saying that's the donkey that beat Bilaam in an argument. Bilaam could kill the donkey himself. If Bilam is so worried about his own covet, let him kill the donkey. Take it, and he says, if I had a sword, I would kill you. So when you get home and you have a sword, kill it. Terence says, no, Bill wanted the donkey. So what's Hashem doing? If Bilaam doesn't kill why are you killing it? Terence says, was attached to this donkey for a variety of reasons. And Hashem says, I know you're not going to be able to bring yourself to kill it, but I know it's going to be embarrassing for you. So I'm going to kill it. And we have to recognize that Amol is someone who is not able to be chos on his own kovite, but we have to be chos on the kovite for him. Um, just uh, one more zach. One more zach, we'll just quickly get it in. It says in the Posek, you should, serve, you should have to give money to the Ani Imach, uh, 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 the Ani that is with you. So that's the set over that when a person is trying to decide how to do chesed, he should make it be that he's together with the, the person who needs the chesed. And picture yourself being in his situation as much as you can before you decide how much to give. Don't just say, oh, it's an important cause I'm going to give. Try to imagine what it would be like to be feeling what that person needs and you'll give differently. And you could, like Tzu, for those who want to have something to San Chavez, the famous Ma'a said, there was a, a rov who needed to and he came. It was a freezing, there was a family had been thrown out into the, or they had their heat shut off, whatever it was. So he went to a big gavir and he knocked on the door and the gavir came to the door. He said, oh, come inside, come inside. He says, no, no, no. I want to talk to you out here. So he starts telling him about this family, and, and the cold, and, the, and the, the, the guy is sitting there shivering, and he sees the Rav shivering too. He says, come inside, I have a fire going. Come inside, we'll talk, I'll listen over there, I won't... He says, no, 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 and he's says, come, vayde, vayde, And finally, he finished the whole. I said, no, so if you give a donation. He says, okay, he gives, I says, Chuck, here. He says, why did Rav do it outside? He says, because if you would be sitting warm, toasty by your fire, and I'm telling you about the family that's sitting out cold in the oh, not cold I thought that's a terrible tragedy. you had check. He says, "When you're sitting out in the cold, shivering, and I'm telling you about the family that's out here in the cold, shivering, so you get a sense of what it's like, and you give differently. We have to understand that uh, often, and that's not just in tzedakah, it's when you, you see someone going through something, you see someone acting in a way that's not 100 percent. Before we go and we either give what we need to give, or we judge how the person is, try to be in the situation they are in. Uh, you know, uh, just, uh, I'm going to finish with this. I know we're over time, I'm finishing. I don't have anyone to go home to, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yesterday, when, when we were going through the labor, so, Baruch Hashem, you know, it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but I'm all, I and mean, you hear callers, people are screaming and... And Shouting and every all the nurses and everyone, no one says, Be quiet, what are you shouting for? It's not so bad. You have a baby being born, come on. I, I saw you complain about everyone's like, No, you got this. You do, and everyone's whole everything is, is that you're wonderful and it's you're the best and you can do this, and you of course, and you're gonna make it. And just to comfort and to understand why, because everyone knows it's not the person, not a whack job like they sound like sometimes. It's that they're in terrible pain and they're calling out because they're screaming out and all the strange things they do is not because that's the way they are. It's because they're in terrible pain and at that it's the pain that's shouting. Whenever we see a Yid doing things that look insane and doing things that look religiously insane or otherwise, we have to understand Yid are not like that. And if he's doing it, it's because there's a pain and there's a pain inside that's calling out. And our job is not to come and judge and scream and shout and tell them how bad they are. It's to understand where it's coming from and to give the encouragement that they need and the understanding they need and the support they need to feel comfortable that they can come back and, and do what they need to do and, and become the people that they really are. And that the end will be good and that it's going Paris will come out from them. And B'Azhar Hashem, we should be so to see that. Have a wonderful show.